Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Who's really in charge? You or your money? You see, when I was a financial advisor, I'd gone through all the standard trainings. Now, I wasn't a certified financial planner, but really, it's not that hard to learn the standard philosophy and basically follow the rules and regulations and compliance of how everybody is supposed to save their money if they're doing all the correct things from a fixed income perspective. Now, I didn't know any better, and I served my clients in that capacity. And I'm not saying that what I was telling them was wrong. It's just an antiquated methodology given the current times. My wake-up call came when I was working with a, a young woman that I always considered one of my favorite and best clients and one of my good friends. She was a former Air Force officer. I mean, really nice, like super jolly-go-lucky, aw shucks you know, type of personality who was Working over in Germany with one of those cutthroat DOD contractors as a project manager. And trust me, those jobs tend to suck the life out of people. I've had many friends that were just miserable with the hours they were putting in and the stress that was on them. Government contracting is high stress because if you lose the contract, the company doesn't get any money. So people are constantly getting laid off. And it's hard to find good workers to come overseas on a whim. The only reason they do is because they get some sort of tax benefit out of it. But it's ruthless. But anyways, she was always obviously uh, very productive and didn't really have much risk of getting laid off just because of the particular contract they were in. And she and many others like her just justified doing this work because, like I said, guess what? Government contracting pays pretty well. In fact... They're usually making of the equivalent of around $150,000 a year, and the majority of it was tax-free due to that overseas foreign income exclusion tax allowance. Now, of course, you know, they're also getting extra housing allowances. And so at the time, she was single, 38 years old, again, former Air Force officer, and she was living a you know, middle-class lifestyle, actually being pretty frugal, but she wasn't cheap by any means. She liked to travel a lot, but she didn't spend or need her money on frivolous things. She lived in a small place, saved a bunch of money on housing, and she liked to go on weekend trips and really enjoy life. Any moment she'd get away from work, she would travel. And her Facebook photos proved it. And it was really amazing to watch this. Because eventually, she started to really fall in love with going down to Africa to work with nonprofits or charitable organizations in like Ken Kenya and Ethiopia. Now, the one thing I haven't talked about yet was the fact that because of her high income and frugal lifestyle, she had managed to save $750,000, the majority of it in retirement accounts, again, by the time she was 38. 
And that is not something you see very often in the military and veteran community. But it's really not that hard. And here at US Vet Wealth, my main company, we, we show you how to do it. But she was an anomaly at the time. I've had very senior officers, 06 and colonels and captains, coming out of the Army, Navy, you know, completely broke, in debt, not having saved any money, and really scared to death about what comes next. So from her perspective, I'm sh- sure that she thought she had a stable lifestyle. But what happened was every time we'd get together, she was always confused about how we did the retirement planning, the, the kind of advice I had you know, given her based on what I thought my job description was. But she didn't want to take risks in the stock market. She, she was risk adverse. She didn't like seeing the volatility. So we had her, we offered you know, low risk investment vehicles, things that offer absolute guarantees in case the stock market did crash. You'd have to worry about the volatility. Vehicles that had little to no cost involved. And some had other costs. Of course, there's, there's always fees and stuff involved. But either way, it was completely unique in a diversified portfolio because she was a unique person, had unique opportunities around here, as we're supposed to do with anybody, build them a, a unique portfolio for their long-term retirement financial goals. But think about it. I was never in a position as a financial advisor to give any life advice. I was just supposed to manage the money. Again, I was doing it based on all the old school methodologies. And what it came down to is I just recommended what my mentors told me I should sell to her. These people with decades of experience, those CFPs, those certified financial planners. This is how we always do it. So everything was, was approved and signed off on all levels. And by definition, I had given model advice, the standard expected recommendations. But then she got very, very passionate about these trips to Africa. She started to get more engaged with how her accounts were doing, and two things were happening. The first was that she would start to quiz me and question how we were investing the money. I'm pretty sure she just had friends in her cubicle that were that were at the time everybody was making money after the 2008 market crash and oh my my I get Google stock it's going up why aren't you doing Google you're paying fees for this you should just take buy Apple that kind of stuff but I would remind her that she didn't want to or need to take that kind of risk because she had already saved so much and she was well ahead on her on her on her ability to save for you know quote unquote traditional retirement. And, of course, we'd explain what the fees were for. This is how I make a living. This is uh, time. This is at the, the, uh, the multiple levels of money management. There's all sorts of people that get some sort of fee. Every level of a firm, an advisor, it's, I'm, I, I disagree with how it's set up now that I understand it. But at the time, that's how you justify how we make a substance, make a living. But like I said, there's probably people talking to her here because everybody's TSP was going up. And, you know, that had nothing to do with her and her individual goals. Because as she said to me, she wanted to do some different stuff. But, you know, what are you going to do when you're sitting in a cubicle? And again, somebody's buying Apple stocks and getting those returns. But they're not understanding the bigger picture. And the second thing. That, that came up that she asked me is, she said, hey, Scott, what if I could use like 
$20,000 and go down to Africa and quit my job and travel the world. Could I do that? And she was nervous about the idea of quitting her job and actually using her money. Remember, she had saved 750000 Now, the problem was most of that was in retirement accounts. She just wanted to, I mean, she could get by on world travel for a year on 20K. I, I've traveled the world. I know how, how, how easy that is. And this is right about the, this time when she was asking me this is when I started to really kind of wake up and realized I had some serious issues with the integrity around the, the, the traditional financial planning advice and what, what the expectations of what everybody in the military and all veterans should be doing. So I told her, I said, yes, take the money. Heck, use 50000 You have plenty. You don't spend it. Use your money. Go enjoy the life you want. Find a passion. She hated her job. You know, why not go do that? And then she fired me. And she sent emails to my mentor about me being in over my head. And uh, she fired me because I was technically giving her bad retirement planning advice. You think about it, go use 50000 quit your job, use $50,000, travel the world. Like, that's crazy, right? But that's when I realized I wasn't in over my head. I was in over my head in that world because I, I, I didn't have integrity with it. But what I really realized was everybody else was doing financial planning wrong. She had literally created the opportunity to do whatever she wanted, but somehow she had it in her mind based on all the poor information that society gives us that she couldn't do it. And that's when I knew that if I was going to be a financial advisor, advising people on their portfolios is a waste of time. Anybody can Google different ways to do that. And if I'm going to really be a fiduciary, the big buzzword these days, and and the requirement there is to make sure you're doing what's in the client's best interest, her best interest was to use her damn money and go enjoy the life she wanted and do the things that filled her up. But unfortunately, I didn't know how to translate that conversation at the time. So that set me off. I needed to fix this. I decided that if I wasn't going to do what's in, no, I actually, sorry. I decided if I was going to do what was in the client's best interest, I was going to teach them how to use their money to create the wealth and abundance and opportunity they wanted. Because there's no better time than now. I mean, technically, that's actually what I started to do. I was financially flexible. I could live anywhere in the world, and I did. I lived overseas for over a decade and traveled all sorts of places, and then I started my own businesses. And And I realized that's because that was actual wealth. It was about my time, not my money. And I, I and that was the life she told me she wanted when I, when I gave her some suggestions how to do it. It, it went against the grain, so it, it seemed like bad advice. I'm always like, I'm not, I'm not fine. Who might give advice? It's your money. You know that that's that's the problem with this industry. We've we've acted like we hold this knowledge, and therefore we you know, need to justify how you pay it. And oh, oh, you're dumb. You don't you can't figure out Wall Street and all that. And it's like, well, actually, nobody knows what's going on, on Wall Street. So don't think that anybody who's acting like they're an expert is. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, my friend is still working in that job, and I'm assuming miserable, and I hope she knows or maybe finds out one day that she inspired me to help many, many veterans 
change their lives and use this opportunity. Because I've told the story before, and and I get feedback on it, and they say, "Wow, that's when it woke me up, Scott." And you know, thank you for letting me see it differently. And I hope one day she joins me. <laughs> and uh, but, anyways, the big takeaway. Veterans have been taught to manage their money, but they are afraid of actually using it. Which is why I recommend that you ask yourself, who's in charge of your life? Is your money a tool that that propels you forward into a life of abundance and purpose? Or has your money taken on a life of its own and convinced you that its, its existence as money is more important than anything you might want to do with it? So I appreciate uh, you joining me on this little thought experiment today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show, rate it on iTunes, and visit us over on YouTube, of course, because we have tons of great content there. Uh, We'll be doing live shows, and we want to interact with you all and, and make sure we have a platform where we can answer your specific questions directly. And if you have a question, that means other people have questions and uh, we know we have the capacity to get it out to more people. We're not trying to convince you to think a different way. Typically, people are coming to us because they already know what we say is true. They're just looking for the next steps. And that's what we have for you at Veteran Wealth Secrets. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.